yeah it's it's not it's not a fun thing to talk about um, as I was telling Denise this morning I messaged her at like 7 a.m. because I woke up in a full-blown panic attack because I had a dream about some guy murdering my dog in my backyard which I had recently watched the documentary that we're going to be discussing Hi, my name is Denise Milanakis, and this is the Mariales podcast. I'm sitting in my backyard with my good friend, Christina Pappas. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm so good. Good, except for the fact that there's literally a lawnmower going on yeah. at the... As, as soon as we clicked record, that's, <laughs> that's when it decided um, to go on. So we have a, a pretty sensitive episode today. How are you feeling about it? What are your initial thoughts? I am extremely anxious. As am I. We both didn't initially watch the documentary when it came out because we heard it was, you know, like I like we said earlier, just living through that time period in the city, we thought was enough yeah. knowledge. It's, it's more than enough. But uh, we both blew blew through it in the last two days in preparation for this talk. So I'm very grateful, Christina. Thank you. I love you so much. I love you too. Um, a few things I want to say before we get started. Uh, normally, I have pages of pages of notes, and I go through like a very detailed timeline of the incidents. I don't think we should do that for this because we're both familiar. I'm sure the listeners are familiar. We'll mention the highlights, but I don't think a timeline of all his gruesome acts are is essential for this conversation. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's the first thing. Oh, the. The mowing stopped. Wow, is it going to stay that way? <laughs> Second of all, a big thing we wanted to address, I wanted to bring up is, and the documentary addressed it heavily, was that um, the glorification of his acts and like the yeah. theory that maybe we created this yeah. because of our attention. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking either we avoid saying his name or more fun, we come up with like a nickname. I completely. Oh yeah, what were you thinking? <laughs> Um, well, I mean, I was thinking something inappropriate. My, the nickname that I thought of, because I completely agree, like, forget this guy's name. I mean, we should mention what we're going to be talking about before we go into this. <laughs> so all, all of those, because it's true, I don't know what I'm going to call it yet, because I don't want to name the episode his name. Yeah. So um, we're talking about the 2012 uh, murder of June Lin in Montreal, and um, Luca Magnata, essentially, who committed um, the awful crime who mailed parts of his body to the federal government and St. George's School in Westmount, too. I didn't know that until recently. As well as previous to that, his hints that this was going to happen were um, three videos of torturing cats on the Internet. And then post um, this, this crime, the crime of, post the murder, he fled the country and it became an international manhunt. So that's, that's what we're going to be discussing. Um, this podcast covers... Canadian tragedies, and this by far is an awful tragedy. Yeah, this, this, this is a pretty big one, yeah. A little too close to home. If, so, so close to home to the point where I, I hadn't realized exactly what building it was until I had seen this documentary. And just by looking at the building, I knew exactly where it was. Like, I, I drive by there. Yeah, we drive by there all the time. You know, I even in the documentary, I, you see a couple women sitting on the step in the security footage. I see those women, you know, they're always in that area. They're either downtown, you know, you recognize things that it's just, it's very stressful. In addition to it being he, him living very close to us, um, 
Jun Lin went to our alma mater university. Yeah. He yeah. studied engineering. That's very close to home. And another close to home thing is after he committed his crimes and took a cab to the airport, we know the cab driver who, who drove him to the airport. It's one of our friend's grandfather. So he drove him to the airport, literally right after the crime, when he fled. <laughs> You've literally just blown my mind. Like, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm getting goosebumps, literally like this, so stressful. <laughs> Do you have any clever names for him? Um, what could we call him? Because, you know, I, I, the thing, maybe we could call him by one of his nicknames or one of his aliases. Uh, or them being like Jimmy or Kirk Trammell. What, a, what an asshole, for real. Like, coming up with these names. Like, the most random, like, names. But names that, you know, are really extravagant. Like, done... Like, Vladimir Romanov, Matia Del Santo. Like, he wants to sound like this super cool, like, cultured per Even Luca Magnata is not his real name. I was just about to say, it's like Neil or something like... Yeah, it's, his real name is Eric Clinton Kirk Newman. Let's you cannot get that. more white. Let's call him Eric. Eric, that's perfect. Because he, he obviously didn't like it. Yeah, he wants notoriety with like a really cool name, Luca Magnata. You know. Luca Rocco Magnata. Luca Rocco. These are the last times we're going to... Your name is Eric, sir, so that's what we're going <laughs> to go by. I, and I feel bad for everyone else named Eric who's a genuine stand-up person. For real. <laughs> we're using the government name for this episode. That's... <laughs> that's it. I love that, Christina. That's great, Eric. As you grow older, I watch a lot of crime shows. You know, I have my favorites. Um, and so given the opportunity, you know, you told me you were going to talk about this. Given the opportunity to look more into it, I was definitely really interested because I was really young. And this was something that, of course, my parents wanted to, like, not keep me away from. But, you know, they still wanted to protect me from. And uh, you see the news and you see everything that's going on. You see all the reports. You read all the articles. And it's so crazy and it's so stressful. But obviously... Um, you're still trying to keep yourself a little distance from that because it is it is traumatic when it happens close by to you and it could have happened to anyone, you know? It's sort of become part of like pop culture knowledge for the city. Yeah. And um, the reason I chose you to be my guest in this episode is primarily because yes, we have a joint interest in true crime and uh, I know you could handle the sensitive stuff as much as we avoid it when it gets too close to home. But also we, gra we did Concordia journalism together and we were in a, we had a journalistic law class and we talked, this, this case wasn't, didn't have a media ban. This case didn't have a media ban, so we, we dissected the way the, the media handled the case. We talked about the way Eric was glorified. We talked all about the media's handling of the case because there was, it wasn't a sex crime and because there were no victims to protect. Um, it wasn't a media ban, so we discussed it. But also, you, you did get yelled at during that class. If you want to share that story, I think it's a nice... <laughs> it's just... It, what a miscommunication. <laughs> I was... We were in a class with a teacher that I didn't really like that much. But basically, what was going on was we were discussing this case and, you know, the media aspect to it. And was he playing the video? Was he playing part of the video or was he just discussing it? Anyway, either way, he was discussing 
the heinous crimes. It would have been awful if he was playing the video. I mean, listen, Christina. <laughs> I, I, I just, I wasn't paying attention. You know, we oh were God. sitting in the back row. Oh I'm sitting in the back row. I have literally all my friends next to me. I'm talking to my friend next to me because, you know, I'm, I, he's talking about this guy who was, um, you know, torturing kittens. Top out right there. I'm not listening at this point. You know, I'm sorry. Like, it's, and he's like, a disclaimer, you know, this is going to be sensitive. If you need to walk out, you can walk out. Fine. I know I can handle it. But, you know, I don't want to listen to it in all its details. So if I can chat a little bit with my friends just to kind of alleviate the stress a tiny bit in that moment. The timing was just unfortunate. It was the timing, yeah. He called me out in front of the whole class saying, do you think that this is funny? And I was just kind of sitting there like, what the hell? Like, of course <laughs> I don't think this is funny. I just don't want to listen to you right now. Like, are you for real? So thank you. <laughs> so that's why you came to mind. Now every time I think of Eric, I think of that moment. And it's, it's, it's a fun story. It's, it's an interesting story, that's for sure. Um, what did you think of the documentary, the way it was chronicled and the way the story was told? I mean, it was, it was really fascinating because when you hear what had happened in the media and these articles that are written, they're not the longest articles. Like, they give you the facts, and, but mostly about the murder, and that's it. You don't know kind of what happened beforehand. You hear that, yes, he killed animals and videotaped it but you don't really know about how long this period was you don't know about all the taunting like obviously it's one documentary you can't get a full view of a situation from just one perspective I know this and I don't want to make any broad statements you know but uh, I had no idea about the whole computer aspect to it where it was like this had been going on for months he had infiltrated some Facebook Facebook group, apparently, uh, was taunting them, sending, you know, taunting one of the leaders by sending her a video of her workplace, you know, like stuff like that. Terrifying. That's so terrifying. Absolutely. I cannot imagine being put in that position. I genuinely, like, you know, I can't imagine being stalked. That's, that's just mortifying. So I, I didn't know all the details of, of all this computer element to it. Computers are scary. The internet is scary. Like, let's be quite frank. Like, I love it because, you know, we get all the information you could possibly ever want, but there's also this totally dark side to it, this being part of it. So it's, it's, a, very, it's a very delicate situation. Let's put it at that. Similarly, I didn't know about the cat videos. I didn't know anything about that. What was enraging is that why was it a group of internet vigilantes, internet cat lovers, who were who was spearheading this search and putting in the time and the hours when no police sort of took responsibility? Yeah. And I get because they didn't know who it was, but it, 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 it poses a good question that who monitors the internet? Like who yeah. is responsible for crimes committed in no place? Mm -hmm. in, in no man's land. In no man's land, exactly. And um, I think he was given too much credit for being like slick, for having like the Russian soap opera playing in the background and the Casablanca and we'll always have Paris and that's the Casablanca poster was in the back of his murder and then he flew to Paris because the line, that was like a hint. And I think they gave him too much credit. I really think he was not an orchestrated planned man or else they wouldn't have known who he was because very easily, you know, there was that that really tragic part at the beginning of the documentary where they had falsely accused somebody of being this person, but why did he own up to it? Like, why would you want to be known for that? 
he was like he admitted to it falsely you know I don't understand, you know, the, it also, this story is completely entangled with the concept of mental illness. All, all these people, like, the, the, the man who killed himself, you know, yeah, he, he was cyberbullied to death. A hundred percent, and you know, when it comes to being mentally ill, things don't make sense. You know, you think, why would this person do this? You can't understand if you're not in that situation, right? So... It's, it's just a horrible, horrible thing that happened. And then just more and more horrible things happened. It was just like a chain reaction of terrible things that just wouldn't stop happening. And because the internet group felt so guilty that they had pushed this man to take his own life, they didn't want to take the appropriate actions when they did find out who was responsible for all these cat torture videos. So I also understand that. They did so much. I am so shocked. Like when they were talking about how they went on Google Street View, and it, it blew my mind. That's yeah. when I first got the chills. Yeah, yeah. And they were when they looked. They looked at that photo. I couldn't tell it was Montreal in that yeah. photo. And it was like that one of him sitting at the McGill University, and he was like had the wall behind him. They're like, oh, this wasn't Toronto because you could look at the street sign. I we live in Montreal and we've been to Toronto countless times. That wasn't some. That wasn't. That's not what I would. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, oh my God, the vacuum cleaner? The vacuum. <laughs> Everything, just all these little details, all these literal hundreds of hours put into just looking at data. Looking at data, eliminating things, you know, as you go. Honestly, yeah, when, when they did, when he said I was doing one street, she was doing another street, and then boom, on, I think it was McTavish. Insanity. I could not believe what I was watching. I was like, this is the craziest shit I've ever seen in my life. It was insane that they knew so much more information than the police. Yeah. Like the, the female detective who I loved, the SPVM detective who was who was speaking about the, the case, who discovered the briefcase, not the janitor discovered the briefcase, but she was like, she said she didn't know who the victim was. She didn't know he was an Asian man until she saw these videos, yeah. like up to a week later. And that, that these the internet group was was trying to tweet at the SPVM and oh my god another thing that was I found crazy is they reached out initially when they this video came out to the Toronto cop who had raided his apartment the first time and he was on vacation all week so like he knew nothing of the matter like imagine like he comes back from Cuba or wherever he goes what's, what, what's up you have like a thousand missed calls and like emails and it's just like everything has just shit has hit the fan Okay, anything else that was shocking about the documentary before we get into like who we think is to blame? I mean, side note, Netflix, you need to put more of a disclaimer because... They showed the dead cats. Listen, I had, to be quite fair, I had my hands in front of my face. The second that it went to those clearly home-filmed movies that he had made, I'm not watching that. You know, like, it, they described the entire thing... I don't need necessary. I don't need to watch it. No, it's 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 not necessary to watch. We had the audio and we watched someone else watch it. Like yeah. that was that, that was more watch. than enough. Yeah. You know, seeing these people cry on camera. I understand the pain, you know? Like I I I I don't need to watch like I I physically I could not get myself to watch it. It's it's too much. It's too much when she was describing how she only realized it was an Asian man when he was Sorry to anyone who's listening to this. This is graphic. When she was, you know, when he was playing in the bathtub with the head, the decapitated head. Awful. And the dog. And, and the, you know. Why, why the dog? 
why not the dog, right? Killed so many cats before. Why, why not? Got a dog on Craigslist. Why not? You know, just a little cherry on top. Let me kill someone and just kill another dog. You know, just why not? It's just, it's things that, I mean, I understand why it would be included because it really is part of the story. But at the same time, like, I'm, I'm not going to put myself through watching that when I can just get the information. When they showed the, like you, I covered my eyes. And that was initially why I didn't want to watch the documentary. It, it, like I said, my fr everyone watched it and they explained it to me in great detail. And I thought I was satisfied. But when they showed the post-vacuum sealed cats, yeah, yeah. It's, it's... that I couldn't shield my I didn't know that was popping up. <laughs> I didn't know that was going to be, you know, I covered my eyes and I'm, you think it's over and then just, oh, you tricked me, Netflix. You tricked me. Literally. Do you think there should have been like a, you know how you could like click to skip intro or click to skip credit? Oh, that's a good idea. Click actually. to skip graphic click elements to, yeah, or even just bl completely blur the screen and click to unblur. That's actually a fantastic idea. That, yeah. I mean, it, it's possible. give the people the option, possible. you know, because obviously like you're not going to have, hopefully, I mean... You're not going to have young kids watching this. Hopefully they're, they're not checking this out. But, you know, you never know. You never know who's watching it. You never know how sensitive people are. You never know how much it'll traumatize them. I've watched hundreds, hundreds of hours of not only true crime shows, but, you know, like 48 hours mystery, yeah. uh, forensic files. And I'm telling you, on these shows sometimes, you, they just show a picture of a dead body. And, and this is on television. We watch even fictional accounts of this. Yeah. And that's fine. But when it's true, that's when, when yeah. we... It's, it's, it says a lot about us, too, though. Like, why we're... We crave it, but, oh, not too much. How dare you? My virgin eyes, you know? There, there's a certain disconnect, you know? When, when it's a reenactment of, of a crime, yeah. you, you know that it's not physically happening to the people that you're looking at, even though you do understand the gravity and the severity of the situation. Um, but they couldn't consent. The victims couldn't consent to this. No, it, it, you know, and, and even if I genuinely feel like even if, you know, families and stuff like that do give permission to, to because I'm assuming they would have to give permission to, to post, let's say, graphic photos of, of their loved one. They didn't show actually anything of Jun Lin. I don't think they showed. They didn't no, show yeah, any of his. Yeah, they showed they maybe. No, they didn't. They, they showed him on top of him, but you can't really see. No. They, they chose. Yeah. I like that they interviewed his best friend. That yeah. was very, that was very powerful. When he talked about how much Junlin loved his cat. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a tragedy. It really, really is a tragedy. And I want to say that it was a preventable tragedy. Because the they knew time. who he was. Yeah, they, they, they knew. I'm lifting up my hands and doing, you know, little quotation marks. They knew who he was, but it's still, you know, it's, it's still, they're, they're not legitimate detectives or anything. They have no actual authority. So it's like you can tweet at these cops as much as you want. You can email them as much as they, you want, but, you know, they're not always going to take you seriously. They're, they didn't take them seriously, clearly, um, which I don't know who is to blame for that. I'm not going to make any assumptions, but... You know, in, in journalism school, we saw like, I guess, a documentary about the other extreme about um, the Boston, the Boston Marathon bombing and a photo leaked. What was the name? Sunil Tripathi. Where basically a screenshot from the, the camera, well, basically on the news, they showed a photo of security tapes 
of uh, who they suspect is the bomber. And then internet people, much like the group of people who, who discovered Eric, um, took the picture and basically it was like a witch hunt and who they thought it was. And then they picked one student, this Boston student, and because he was missing at the time, they, his family was getting death threats. They were, he was, if he, it was awful. Basically the witch hunt was awful. And I guess if you're, if you're told that this is, it was even shown on TV, they released his name, they released his picture. And I understand if you're a, a, watching the Don't Fuck With Cats documentary and then right after I watched the uh, Jeffrey Epstein documentary, it, may, it, it triggered a part of me where I felt like, I want to send someone a hate mail. I've never <laughs> felt that before, but that was my reaction. I'm like, who can I express my anger to? Who can I send hate mail to? Anna Yurkin. Oh, we're going to get into that. I, there's new developments too that's going to infuriate us. But that's what, so I understand being someone in Boston who this just happened to, having known somebody who passed away, who was killed, and then being shown a photo, but it was just wasn't true. And then they found out that Mr. Tripathi had, had unfortunately ended his own life days before the Boston, the Boston Marathon bombing had even happened. And that was an example of improper journalism. That's why it was shown to us to like, you can't post anything unless you have the facts. And so that's also what happened with Don't Fuck With Cats because the, oh, the wrong man ended, not exactly. the, the innocent man ended his life. Yeah, someone who didn't actually have anything to do with it though, you know, it, he had claimed it you know it's it's just it's you really have to be careful with what you put out there and you have to make sure that you have not only all the facts but all sorts of different perspectives because just looking at one thing like just looking at this one documentary don't fuck with cats i i, I it made me so angry and i wanted to go out and fight every single person that i had seen in this in this documentary well not everyone obviously but you know and you kind of have to reel yourself back in and, and tell yourself you need to chill out because this is just one perspective. This is like a couple of filmmakers, a couple of people that put this together. You don't have all the facts, so you need to just reel it back in. We have to be accountable for these things, you know? Like, you can't kind of just say anything, get angry, start cyberbullying, stuff like that. Like, you have to be very careful with what you do. As a citizen, as a as responsible as a person, yeah. not even as a journalist. No, just as a, as a person... You have to try to put yourself, and, and this, is, this was actually said in your previous podcast that I listened to this morning. Shout out. Your shout out, pl plugging the podcast. <laughs> but your friend Megan had said, I try to put myself in other people's shoes. And you really have to do that. You really, really have to do that. We could also criticize a little bit of the SPVM for reacting too slowly for allowing this man time to get on an airplane. Yeah. And then he had time to, that was, they reacted too slowly, you could say. I mean, honestly, that moment in the documentary where you see the, the video of the internet cafe and you just see all those rant, that was, I see Denise right now, just to paint a picture, has her elbows on the table <laughs> and her hands on her forehead, just in, in absolute shock right now. She's thinking about this, just. I'm so happy it was the Germans that caught him. Yeah. I have so much faith in Germany. I have a German friend and 
I, I visited her. She tells me about things that happened in Germany. And I'm so impressed by their, their execution and their vigilance. How this German man who runs an internet cafe is aware of this man's face, mm -hmm. knows about it. And then my favorite part of the documentary is when he recreated, he's like, he was over here and I was over here and I was looking over his shoulder and he was looking at his own face. So I thought I am positive. Like he was doing his due diligence not to call the cops on somebody he mistook for him, which Definitely. is excellent. And he was just like, and I wasn't sure. And I walked around and I pretended to take out the trash. I did this motion here. I love that man. Yeah. I love that. And that all the German, you see this group of, of these young German trainees, I guess he, he was saying that this one cop was training a bunch of them. Just, just what a coincidence. What an absolute coincidence that these people are driving by. He goes outside and he just waves and someone. Yeah. Just imagine. <laughs> it's, it's surreal. It really is surreal. Any other documentary parts we want to talk about before we think about who really, let's break down who created Eric. What a complicated question. I feel like this is, there's no other documentary. I, I didn't watch any other documentary. I don't know if there are any more documentaries. I read up uh, on the subject, you know, a few articles, what um, during his trial, what they were kind of discussing in terms of his mental health issues. Right, and basically it wasn't, nobody denied that he did it because there's footage of him doing it. And, and in the documentary they show that um, he blames the gentleman Manny who never existed. Which but it was so not solid, right? It was so fabricated that the defense couldn't even use that. Well, it's, it's said, I'm gonna use the exact words. Please. He pleaded uh, towards having diminished responsibility due to mental disorders, which could, it, it, it could be true. You, you know, it could be true. At the same time though, you had the mental capacity to play games. play games for years, get out of there, get fake passports, you know, have your fake name set up, your aliases, ba plan your entire escape. You're not that, I don't want to make a broad statement. I know obviously there's a lot more that goes into it, but you know, you, it, it yeah. does take a certain level of capability to at least get out of there. To execute a, to execute this plan. And we have to admit, you have to be a not a well-adjusted person to commit the acts he did. Definitely. Yeah. So while I, I would agree with the assessments that the doctors made, that he has borderline personality disorder, that he has a narcissistic bipolar. Yeah, there's, there's so many. They, they, there's six different doctors, and they each kind of gave him multiple different uh, diagnoses. Like, there's, there's so many things that it could be. But he wasn't seeing a doctor during his adulthood. Yeah. So it's a little bit too little too late. And I'm very curious that if he, if he w did visit a psychiatrist or a counselor, how, how that would have gone. Like if they would have been able, I'm sure they would have been able to pick off that he had unhealthy thoughts. But it would have, I think, been like, uh, it would have been interesting. Just had, had someone checked in on him. But yeah. it's clear he had no friends. I don't think he spoke to his mom prior you you know what i i don't buy that i i don't buy that i that he had no friends no not the no friends his mom the i i want to get into the mom right now because i'm 
his what mom the fuck is wrong with her? this this woman is delusional. delusional that is the only word to be used is she's delusional i get it it's your kid but at the same time like you have to be just just off your rocker to be saying the things that you're saying i mean she she said it was said that when the police came to her house looking for him she knew about the video yeah she was like oh are you here about the cat videos when that was said you're aware of exactly what's going on with your child you're aware that your child has mental issues and they're not being taken care of you're aware that the child's father had i think it was schizophrenia you're aware that there's a whole history of mental issues and you you're talking about oh my god i love my child but you don't give a shit about your child because you're not doing anything to actually benefit the situation and help him and her defense was he told me that if i went to the cops he would stop talking to me it's like well that's like the big whoop like i'm I'm not i'm playing the world's smallest violin (laughs) like get out you know i hate to throw out their their family personal drama but there was a time where she didn't speak to her son and he had to be taken out of their home and was given to the grandmother for for full support because she was unable to care for him so she's delusional uh, i mean you can't get more delusional than having your son locked up in prison for murdering someone chopping them to pieces and mailing the pieces and then leaving the continent and then going to the media and telling them I think my son should be released from prison because of COVID-19. Your son is the last person on the planet who should be released because of this. You know what? They should keep him in a nice little enclosed spot where he's alone and he's safe, but the rest the you know the general population should never be put at risk just because of of the, there are so many prisoners out there that are at risk because of this illness that are in jail for let's say like selling weed you know your son is not special honestly like screw your son i don't care i don't want to hear it how delusional do you have to be to actually go out and say this to the media you're really like it's it's ridiculous what bothered me so much is when she said these internet stalkers what you're like obsessed with him like you're so weird i'm like they're the weird ones (laughs) they're the weird ones not somebody who is who is so obsessed with himself he's making fake the the rumor he started about himself carla like like a base oh uh you're and then when he's auditioning for all these reality shows oh your voice is deep yeah people have told me that uh like it it takes it takes a lot of practice like (laughs) I can't help but laugh because it's just, it's just, if he didn't murder anybody and torture cats, you would feel sorry for him. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can tell he's a very, he's, he's disturbed. He's disturbed and it's pathetic. Yeah. He's pathetic. Uh, Did you know that Eric got married in prison? (laughs) I did. I read that. In 2015, he signed up for an inmate dating website called Canadian Inmates Connect. Love that. I don't, I don't have it written down, but his message was like, please send me a letter and two images and I'll get back to only those I feel deeply connected to. So he was expecting hundreds of letters. I don't know how many he received. In 2017, the Gazette reported that Magnota would, that Eric would be getting married to a fellow inmate, Anthony Jolin. The pair tied the knot on June 26 with Eric's mom, Anna Yurkin, as his witness. Aww. Suddenly mother of the year here. The mother of the year. I'd love to know their relationship previous to this. I, I feel like they were estranged at best. You, you know what? Like, there, there are reports that she was abusive. 
yeah, not not the best mother. Like she would leave them outside and something about the rabbit. I remember reading. Yeah, le- leaving the rabbit outside to freeze to death. So, something like. But it's like, according to him. Yeah, it's according to him. So we can't. You know, we, th- this is not. These are not facts. But if it did truly happen, like it would not surprise me. Like this this woman clearly also has her own issues. They're just as del- the both of them are delusional. And they're both feeding off of each other. Validating each other. Yeah. Um, according to iHeartRadio, the Scarborough native and Jolin were not granted permission to use the private family visitation center or have any type of cohabitation by the correctional services. Aww. In 2018, his mother teamed up with Brian Whitney to write a book on her son titled My Son, The Killer, The Untold Story. That makes me want to punch her in the face. The tragedy is that people are going to buy it. And people are going to read it. And she's become a laughingstock of the country and at least the city. And so, out of curiosity, people... I wonder if bookstores are going to carry it. Well, I mean, uh, it it will most prob... I mean, I hope it doesn't sell. I I don't know if it's out. I have no idea if it's out. It it might have already been released. It's true. I didn't... It didn't come up in my Google searches, which would be a good sign. But imagine having the audacity to write to write this book and to benefit off of this. It also pissed me off how she didn't mention the victim at all. She was just like, my son is the victim. And if you, even if you believed that your son was the victim, why don't you be like, and he brought other people with him? You know, like she didn't, she didn't talk about Junlin at all either. It's just deny, deny, deny. That's it. And there's a quotation, we have movie nights, we have our own TV, I have painting classes and I exercise a lot, I practice my language studies, uh, is what he said from prison. The Toronto Sun reported that Whitney feels as though people are lying about Eric and that the convict doesn't, doesn't like talking about the actual crime itself. Shocking. And then, a little bit of good news, in 2013, Edmonton Police charged bestgore.com, which is the website that initially hosted his videos. Owner Mark Merrick with corrupting public morals, a rarely used obscenity charge for hosting one lunatics, one ice pick video online. And in 2016, Merrick changed his plea to guilty. He was initially fighting it, but then in 2016, he was just like, how can you deny that? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, something was done because that's also another element of it. This, this stuff shouldn't be published so that these, these people can have notoriety because that's all they care about. All these people that shoot up schools or shoot up churches, do all the, the cinema. Sh- all these people want is notoriety and they don't deserve it. They, they absolutely, you are the scum of the earth. You don't deserve any more of our attention. You know, just like exactly why we're not using his, his stage name. I wanna, I'm gonna call it his stage name because what he is is a performer. He's, he's a performer, he's trying to be an entertainer. He's trying to become a celebrity. And you're not going to get that. You're not going to get that from us. We mentioned what the story is about, so people know because they know him by his actual name. But your given name is Eric, and that's what you're going to go by. Cause do you like? Do you think if the internet group didn't invest so much time in his video, and it wasn't just the internet group; it was all around the world. People saw this video and wanted to stop it. If 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 people didn't react or if this Facebook group didn't didn't go as because it's as soon as they lost interest after the first one as soon as their leads weren't going anywhere or as soon as they they raided the Toronto apartment and like he wasn't there when they stopped talking about him and people started to leave the Facebook group is when he posted another one this is a this is a great great question 
I don't know. What do you and it's there's there's really there's no true answer to it because obviously yes he that's what he wanted he wanted the fame and they were giving it to him but at the same time you never know whether or not he would have still continued doing the same if no one was paying attention maybe he would have even escalated faster and done more to get more you there's a bunch of ifs you and we'll never have the answer to it it's true because you could also argue that if nobody made nobody saw the cat video it's like oh that's not getting attention i'm going to move to something bigger 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 quicker like you said it's a question i don't think will ever be answered secondly do you want to blame like fame culture like celebrity culture that gives everybody and like in the last episode with Meg how she remember when she was talking about like who do you think you are that yeah. you deserve this attention yeah she's right no one is special so this this ideology that everyone feels like they need all this attention and they're like they're the protagonist in their own story and that I'm a celebrity and I need notoriety so and it's it's along the same vein of being like what Instagram famous or serial killer famous fame is fame regardless of what you're famous for yeah. You want notoriety. He wanted notoriety. Whether we can blame the celebrity culture, it 100% plays a factor. Um, but at the same time, this is a concept. It's not a person that can actually act upon their thoughts and their, their impulses, you know? It's 100% an aspect to it, definitely. But there's so much more going on we can't only blame that it's just part of it but yeah it's it's a huge issue and it definitely plays into this case and a bunch of other cases that have that have happened yeah for sure because people have always been curious by killers that's why there are so many fictional accounts of it that's why so many copycat incidences and you know why they're so curious about this is because it could be anyone. You never, ever know who the person sitting in front of you is, truly. You'll never know. And Denise is looking at me like, uh-huh. <laughs> We're sitting across the table just looking at each other. I see you. <laughs> no, but it's, it's truly being aware that no matter how much time you spend with someone, no matter how many years, how, how much you get to know someone, you think you know someone, at the end of the day, you really don't. I'm sort of curious, because it's like, how could this guy, how could, and I understand why people wouldn't want to come forward with this, but how come he had literally no friends? Like, nobody came out to say, I went to elementary school with this, that I know of. Well, I went to high school with him. Oh, we had a class together. Was, he, was, he does have, like, antisocial behavior, behavior. He was diagnosed with, like, being a loner. That part also, because it's like, you want to find like symptoms, right? Like yeah. you said, you don't know. You can never detect who is this, but people are looking for red flags yeah. to be able to detect it, right? Like, like there are torturing animals is one of the three red flags that you're a sociopath. Yeah. It's not proven, but the triad links cruelty to animals, obsession with fire setting, and persistent bedwetting past a certain age to violent behaviors, particularly homicidal behavior and sexual predator behavior. However, other studies claim that there's not statistical significance between the triad and violent offenders, but it's called the triad, and I buy it. I mean, you 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 could wet the bed past a certain age and not necessarily be yeah definitely 
but but things like setting fires and killing animals that's that's you know that's not normal behavior like you you should know the consequences of your actions and they probably know the consequences of their actions and just don't feel anything and don't care i wonder what the correlation of bedwetting is how does that link to it's a great question aggressive behavior I, I'm going to reveal something personal here. Did you wet the bed, Denise? Sometimes. <laughs> like, past an age, I was probably supposed to. <laughs> and my fear wasn't, because I heard about this, um, probably too young for it to traumatize me, but I remember thinking, like, oh, my God, I'm a sociopath. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> How old are you? I, I don't remember, but any age will be too old. Like, <laughs> like, That's... That's so funny. <laughs> it's okay. Not everyone is perfect. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Any other, Eric? What drove him? We're trying to understand a figure who doesn't think like Christina and I. Yeah, so when we're hard. trying to get into his head to see what could have motivated a man like this, it's not logical because he was illogical. It's also, we haven't really studied psychology. Like, you know, we, we've all had the occasional classes. I had a class on exactly this, actually. It was uh, psychology, like criminal psychology. But at the same time, it was one class. I have absolutely no knowledge of pretty much anything that could be relevant when actually analyzing these things. But... There's too much to unpack. What, what is the motivation? F feeling something, whatever it might be, fear, uh, running from the cops, um, excitement, murder, feeling loved, the narcissistic part. You know, it's, it's so, so much. Okay, here's another thing we could blame, movie culture. Because that drove a lot of his actions. Everything was an homage to a film he loved. His mother said it. He worshipped all of these all of these old basic instincts. Basic instinct. It hurt when Catch Me If You Can was involved because I, I, you know I love Leo. And she, was saying, she kept saying Leo's character, Leo's character. I'm like, it's Frank Abagnale. It's Frank Abagnale. Leo has nothing to do with this. <laughs> And the fact that he had even painted the screwdriver to yeah. look like an ice pick. Yeah. Even Manny was a character created that was blackmailing uh, her character in Basic yeah. Instinct. Do you want to blame the glamorization of violence in Hollywood cinema? And because he was, it's very clear he was bullied as a kid. Like, and, they, and he turned to this cinema. I don't know, he could have been also watching cartoons in Spongebob. I mean, yeah. I, I I watched a lot of really weird things, and I'm not out murdering anyone. So, I I mean, yes, you definitely can use it as. Uh, once again, just it's it's another part of it. Just like you can't just blame celebrity culture, you can't just blame cinema and how graphic cinema can be, because it's an art form. It's it's the way people express situations and emotions and you know all sorts of things you can't really blame someone's misinterpretation of that and it's a vicious loop because I don't know basic instinct in particular um, but film is based on reality and the crime comes from historical things from real aspects it's inspired by true life and then these fictional depictions inspire people like Eric 
to commit these crimes, which also inspire another another fictional report. It's just a circle. Yeah. We have to keep in mind at the end of the day that everything produced in cinema has already happened in, in, in real life. When you watch any Law & Order, the, there's a reason why Law & Order SVU is still on. How many seasons of that show? It's like 20, I think there's oh, 20 or maybe more. Is Ice Cube still in it? Yes, he is. And God bless that man. He is fantastic. He's a blessing, truly. <laughs> um, but you know, as being someone who's watched pretty much all the seasons, like there's a reason why they don't run out of stories and why it doesn't get boring because every season they're using things that have happened in real life and they're just putting that on television. It's basically the exact situations but just put on television and you you can't real life is just so scary that you you, you don't even need writers to come up with these stories anymore. So you can't really blame cinema for just portraying what has already happened in in the real world. So how would we avoid other people like Eric from being because we are still talking about him I mean listen you need to be you need to check in with the people around you that's for sure um, if you notice fucked up things that people are doing like torturing animals and you're not reporting it to someone you're not talking to someone about it you are part of the problem because I mean that's 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 like the the basic if you see that your kid is growing up doing weird shit like that, you have to bring them to a fit. Like that's your obligation is to bring them to a therapist because yes, you love your child. You don't want them to be locked up. You don't want your friend to be locked up, whatever. But at the end of the day, you have an obligation to society to make sure that no one is hurt. And I'm sure there were, there were adequate signs in terms uh, of prevention. I mean, yeah. His, his, I'm, yeah, she. Yeah, we're saying she, Anna, Anna Yurkin, his mother. Clear, she knew all about this. She is just as much to blame. She really has balls to put her face on camera and talk to people and be as delusional as she is. Like it's, it's just, it's. You really have big balls. The audacity just, it, it makes me angry to this day. Like. People just like to turn a blind eye. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't want to be that person. You don't want to be involved. You don't want to have anything to do with it. You don't want to have to, you know, go against someone that you care about. You don't want to have to be on a police report. You don't want to have to be that person. You think to yourself, someone else will deal with it. But at the end of the day, like, there isn't always a someone else. Eric also has two siblings that I would love to hear from. Yeah, that'd be interesting, for sure. But they've... I'm sure they've been contacted. Listen, if I was if I was related to this person, I would drop off the face of the earth. I would want nothing, absolutely nothing to do with it. He would be dead to me, and I would change my name. I, I would want absolutely no relation. Because, you know, it's not you that did it. It's obviously someone else. But imagine, imagine having that name attached to you. It's just a, just a black stain on your life for the rest of your life. And I'm just shooting in the dark, like throwing past that a wall, hoping something sticks. But are are we gonna are we gonna blame like undiagnosed and untreated mental illness? There's there's so many things to blame. That's part of it for sure. Are we gonna blame like 
like genetics, like family trauma? Because we had a genetics, undiagnosed mental health. Uh, his mother, I feel, is if she was my mother, <laughs> I don't know who, what kind of person I would have become. Yeah, I, I can't imagine. And father too. Yeah, there's there's a lot a lot of things that go into it. Um, it's 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 hard, you know. I I, <laughs> I want to pull an alarmist and be like. Who are we gonna put in jail? Yeah. Who, are we gonna, who are we gonna put in the Milanakis jail? <laughs> in the Marialais jail? <laughs> yeah, like just lock lock the door, throw away the key. But there's I'm sure they're monitoring his mother. Um, two things in the documentary I want to bring up: messed up, just little messed up things. How the footage of his apartment building, how two people walk in, and then one person walks out and he's wearing his shirt. I know. When, when he wa I was watching, because I watched the documentary with my mom, the entire... Oh, she, you should have had her on this podcast. <laughs> my, she was not enjoying it. She, <laughs> she was... No, because I make her watch all these things because, listen, I have a bit of a dominant personality. And so I get to watch what I want. And I like when being I submissive to your personality. <laughs> this is why we work. Thank you. <laughs> but basically, I, I made her watch this. She knew I was going to do this with you. And um, we watched the first two episodes, and by the third episode, my brother and my dad had come home. So we're all watching this together, and my dad's like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, why are we watching this? But um, I lost my train of thought. There was a point I was trying to make, and now I was thinking the about shirt. my mom. The shirt, yes, the shirt. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so when he came out, I was like, Ma. He's wearing his shirt, and she was like, "Oh my God, are you serious?" It's a prize. It's, yeah, it's it, it's a prize. It's that's exactly what it is. It's oh, this is cute. I'm just gonna take this. Who cares? He's dead. Whatever. Can you imagine? Another part that made me pause and think for a bit is when they, I think it was the Toronto Sun journalist that they were speaking to. That it was approached with a story, and the guy basically turned him away. But he had described the, him. Eric prior to his crimes as being like weak and pathetic yeah. and then he's like I don't believe that this was done by himself well I mean in in the documentary as well they showed a certain point well her the mother's one of her points was you can see another set of hands in one of the videos which I all I mean in that moment I was like what the hell like and I looked into it today and it turns out one of his neighbors like in in a kind of unrelated scenario because I, I think they were playing with a python or something oh my god yeah when the python ate the cat yeah but the, there was clear there were there was a pair of hands there was clearly someone holding the camera and then there was a third hand on the screen so there's four hands total and one of the neighbors apparently from what from what i read earlier today had admitted i was the person i, I was handling the python it was a longer video that she, I guess she hadn't seen the cats or didn't know what was going on with the cats, but she was playing with the, the python. And anyway, that was on film. And then he ended up cutting the video, something like that, and posting. And he accidentally posted the longer version online, then got rid of it, then put the shorter version, something. So he had a neighbor who was like, oh my God, you bought a pet snake and was handling the snake. Something along those lines. I don't know all the facts. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to put it out there. This is exactly what happened. But someone reported that I was a neighbor. Those are my hands in the video. That poor girl. If she had nothing to do with it. That poor girl. But that's also sus. Yeah, it's very sus. Yeah, for sure. 
yeah, listen, we're, we don't, you know, we have things that are information that was given to the media. That's all we have. We have nothing else. We have no background in anything. These are just our personal opinions uh, to the, you know, with the best amount of knowledge that we could come up with, the, the best amount of information that we could gather. Any closing arguments? This is just a really difficult situation. Um, you know, I'm, I'm nervous because he received a life sentence and is, was eligible for parole in 25 years. Now, I, how many years ago was this that, this that he was sentenced in 2013? He was sentenced to be eligible for parole in 25 years. So in under 25 years, he will be eligible for parole. And he was sentenced to an additional 19 years for the other charges because he was charged with four other things besides first-degree murder. It was threatening <laughs> great honorable Stephen Harper yeah. was one. Um, using the post to commit a crime, which is a separate one. Um, playing with body parts, like modifying body parts is a, is a third one. And then first degree murder. He got 19 years for the extra, we'll say extra charges, but he was charged to serve them concurrently. And I read that and I was like, concurrently it, it means he's doing those 19 years right now is is oh at the same time that's what concurrently means when i looked it up that's what it says it says concurrent sentence means multiple sentences will be served at the same time consecutive sentences are served one after another so oh it means God. it means in that 25 year sentence well not 25 year but that ed eligible for parole 25 years in that 25 year span he's already done those 19 years for the extra charges. So there's no extra charges to keep him in jail. So 25 years, he will be out in our lifetime, in his lifetime. Mm, yeah, most probably. And if he has good behavior, who knows? That I was genuinely, my parents were like, are you sure you wanna do this? Like anonymity is like, is really great. Like you should, you should not be doing this. My, my dad Thank was like- Thank you for risking this. Well, I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I do it. I, we're, you know, we're just talking about what's already out there. But it's it's scary to think that this person could be coming out r while we're still alive, first of all. But while we're probably still in the city, while people are raising their kids. Freaking Carla Hamolka is in Shattagay. Carla Hamolka being the woman who was clearly, I want to say, the ringleader of the murders of children. Yeah. Please keep that for another episode. Would you like to be my guest on that episode? Sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna be murdered by every serial killer that is. No, in I will Montreal personally, <laughs> I will personally have security on your house. Oh, thank you. I don't know with what funds. Even if that means my brother and I are gonna stand out, we take shifts. Honestly, I would feel protected. We should talk also a little bit about the voyeurism of all this, because uh, her and her husband were also guilty of recording their crimes. The human mind is fascinating. And so, so is Eric. So I feel how much of it is this, this psychological sickness to kill and harm and you're, you, you don't feel in control and it's, it's, it's something that's growing inside of you, this urge, versus like wanting to watch yourself do it or share what is what is it with the voyeur like if I were to commit a crime and nowhere on the scale of murder or rape but if I were to commit the crime I wouldn't want anybody to watch me do it I wouldn't want to record myself doing it I don't want to I don't even want to snapchat while I'm jaywalking <laughs> like that's too much evidence I really don't know
you've worn me out today. I am emotionally exhausted thinking about all this crap. <laughs> Thank you so much for watching the documentary, coming over here, having all your research done, talking to me through, talking through this with me. Um, I appreciate the effort you've put in, the nightmare you had, the stress you're currently under. I see it and I feel it too, but thank you for being part of this with me. Friends forever. Friends forever. I think this is going to be a great episode. Yeah, I hope so. Please don't come after me. I, I am an innocent. <laughs> <laughs>